Hi, welcome to Exploring Illusion of Free Will. My name is George Ortega, and today we're going to talk about free will and the purpose of consciousness. It's going to be a bit of like a kind of like esoteric, complicated show. It's, you know, it's not like a straightforward thing, but it should be fun. Um, my co-host, Anel, is not here, as you'll see. He's not going to be here like the next show or the show after that, and he'll return after that for at least another three shows. So, all right, let's get right into this. Here's the idea. Well, no, first I want to like, I want to define, as I usually do, what we tend to mean when we say we have a free will and why this show is so important, because it really is. <laughs> um, okay. When we say we have a free will, we're saying that like what we do, think, say, feel is up to us. That nothing that's not in our control is either taking part in our decisions and, and acts and all, or actually deciding them completely for us, which is more the case. Um, in terms of morality, if, if we had a free will, then that would mean that we would be fundamentally morally responsible. You know, we do something right, we receive credit, we're credit worthy, we do something wrong, we're blame worthy. Um, but, you know, the idea is like, if we don't have free will as we don't, then while we may want to, you know, quote unquote, hold ourselves accountable, you know, to upload, uphold law and order and, you know, just like to kind of like, you know, for example, like with crime and, and um, certain aspects of reality, you know, punishments are a deterrent and, and rewards can kind of like motivate us to, to do better or right. So it's not like we do away with all these, but it's just important to understand that fundamentally, because we don't have free will, we're not morally responsible. You know, we're, we're just like, we're like robots, puppets, you know, we're manifesting the will of God or the universe. So, um, all right, so it's important to know that, because like, if we know that, then like, when we do something wrong, or other people do something wrong, yeah, we'll have to address it in somewhere or another, but we would do so much more compassionately, much more intelligently, without the blame, you know, and when we, you know, when we do something good, then instead of getting boastful or prideful, we remain humble, you know, modest, just recognizing that, like, we're grateful for the opportunity to do what we did. Okay. And why is this show important? It's important because the whole world is completely out of... It's not our fault. It's not our fault, mind you, because we don't have a free will, but we're, our whole world is completely out of its mind. I mean, like, this has been going on for millennia. You know, um, and it's not just limited to just like ordinary people. A lot of like ostensibly very, very intelligent people get this wrong. And interestingly, I'm learning about this. I'm reading a book called The Republican Brain, which is like, you know, a lot of people like climate change is like probably the most significant issue for the, you know, at least the next five decades. I mean, it's really serious. And about a third of our population that we kind of like um, self-identify as conservatives and Republicans, they can't believe it's happening. They don't believe it's happening. And you can't blame them. That's, you know, this book is going into the idea that like, you know, the way we're made up, our genes, our, our um, um, environment, it molds us to become who we are. And some of us just like are unable to kind of like accept certain kinds of ideas. 
So like with the free will thing, yeah, you've got some very, very smart people not understanding the um, the fact that in a simple cause and effect, that if everything has a cause, then every decision has a cause, and there's a cause to that cause, and causes always go back in time, moment by moment. And so if you follow that chain of cause and effect back in time, you know, moment by moment, it goes to before we were born, before the planet was created. And that's, that's a good way to understand why do we, have, we don't have a free will. Today's show, though, because like, it, it's free will and the purpose of consciousness. And the idea behind this is like, you know, sometimes psychologists, philosophers have a hard time kind of like understanding consciousness because like we're supposed to be physical beings, you know, our, our brains are physical, our, you know, our bodies are physical, but, but consciousness, you know, seems not to be physical. And right there, you got to understand that, um, you know, according to astronomy, like 96% of the universe is like we're not aware of, you know, we know it's out there because like, you know, gravity and certain other kind of like um, astronomical requirements, you know, say it is, mathematically it has to be there, but we just have never been able to detect it yet. So who knows, consciousness may reside within that 96%, this dark matter, dark energy. But the the other part of, of consciousness that um, that is very interesting is that um, a lot of psychologists, philosophers don't know why we have it. And this is really what this show is going to be about because like, you know, what I'm going to do right now is explain why we don't have free will because everything we think, say, do, feel, whatever, decide is done at the level of our unconscious. And that, you know, once we explain that, then I'll go into like why we, um, you know, what, why we actually have a consciousness if everything that we're doing is actually happening at the level of the unconscious. All right, so here we go. Now this is like, all right, anytime we make a decision, that decision has to be based on data, on criteria, on things that we're going to decide on, on memories, Okay, and like this stuff is not stored in our conscious mind because like consciousness is really awareness. Okay, like think of consciousness as like think of your brain as being completely unconscious. Okay, it's so this this unconscious part of you, and think of consciousness as the as as the unconscious highlighting something. You know, highlighting a thought, a feeling, a memory or directing its attention, let's say, to the outside world. Right now, I'm looking at camera three, okay? So I'm conscious of, of seeing the camera, okay? But, but again, it's like consciousness is only awareness. That's like a good way to understand how like we don't really consciously make any decisions. You know, we're just conscious of the decisions that our unconscious makes. All right, and I want to, again, I want to explain why this is, how this comes about. Um... Okay, so, all right, you've got all of the data upon which we base a decision. Let's say we want to um, decide what movie to go to, okay? We've got to know what's playing. We've got to know where the theater is. We've got to know what, what time it's playing. We've got to know, you know, we have to know these things and, and like in order to make the decision. And these things are stored at the level 
of the unconscious. Again, we, we're not aware of this stuff all the time, because we can't be. We're only aware of like one, two, maybe three things at most at a time. Okay? So, all right, so all this stuff upon which we're going to base our decision as to which movie we're going to see is in our unconscious. Okay, and you know what else is in our unconscious? The process by which we decide. In other words, like the principles, like our, our, our morals, our ethics. Is the movie that um, we're going to see, is it something that's going to like offend our morality? Is it something that, um, that is going to be, let's say we want to be, um, we want to learn, we want to be, you know, instructed. It's gonna, is it going to teach us something? Is it going to entertain us? Um, does it break our moral code? Is it, is it going to be something that we're going to enjoy? Okay, so these are kind of like the principles by which we decide. And again, if you decide about, you know, this stuff isn't in our, our conscious mind either, okay? Because again, you're not really conscious of this stuff. I mean, you know, it kind of like, once in a while it can become conscious, but in general, there, there's more than one criteria, more than one principle, and, and more than one... And it's the process. It's not just the principles by which we decide. So you've got the data, you've got the principles, and you've got the process. The process is the weighing, you know, like, all right, I, I may enjoy this movie, but um, it's got an actor in it that I don't necessarily like so much, whereas, like, the other movie has a theme that I think I would not prefer as much, but it's got a ca- ca- uh, actor that I would enjoy more. So you've got this, you know, these, like, you're weighing the pros and cons. And again, this process of deciding is at the level of the unconscious. Now, how do, how do we know that it's uh, at the level... Well, we know that it's at the level of unconscious because we're not conscious of it. Now, how do we, why do we know that we don't consciously make decisions? Okay, think about it. If the data upon which we're making the decision, the principles upon which we're making the decision... And the processes by which we're making a decision is all at the level of the unconscious. And by definition, we're not even aware of it consciously unless until, you know, our unconscious makes us aware. Awareness, remember, not decision making. That's why our decisions are made at the level of the unconscious. And that's, not, that's why we don't consciously decide anything. Okay, so what's happening? What's happening is like we decide what movie to go to. And... Our, our unconscious, again, the part of our mind we're not even aware of un, un, until it makes us aware, you know, usually makes us aware of what, what it's come up with. It doesn't make us generally aware of the decision-making process and all this stuff. But until we um, become aware of it, we're, we're not aware. <laughs> and, and so, like, so that the decision is made at the level of the unconscious. And that's why we don't have a free will, because we're not, not only do we not have control over the unconscious in real time, because we can control it, you know, like over time if it allows us to, but we're not even aware of the unconscious. That's why, they, again, they call it the unconscious. So, so we understand now, you know, why we don't have a free will, because all our decisions are made at the level of the unconscious. Okay, now here's the thing. It's not just all our decisions. Everything we do, think, feel, whatever is just like kind of like processed or decided um, at the level of the unconscious, then we become aware of it. We might become aware of a feeling, a thought, a decision, whatever, and then we become conscious of it. So the idea is like, you know, the question in, in psychology and philosophy that's, that some have asked, well, 
if everything is happening at the level of the unconscious, I mean, and everything, then what's the purpose of consciousness? You know, it's like, in other words, if we're going to do what we're going to do and think what we're going to think and feel what we're going to feel, um, regardless of whether we are, we're aware of it or not, because again, it's all happening at the level of the unconscious, if all that's happening, you know, unawares, <laughs> then, then why, you know, what, why is awareness necessary? And it's a good question. And I've got a meetup in, in Manhattan. We meet every, every month or so. Oh, the first uh, first Saturday of each month, um, two two p.m. at the Sony Plaza, five fifty Madison Avenue. You can join us through Meetup dot com. Anyway, so we were kind of like talking about this last uh, couple of Saturdays ago, and it dawned on me, you know, because I I'd never really thought about it before, and I know at least one reason. There may be another, or a few other reasons for consciousness. Now I really haven't researched it all that much, but. Here's the reason why we have consciousness. Again, because everything that we're, we're deciding, thinking, feeling is at the level of unconscious. So why would we need consciousness? The reason we need consciousness is because, like, fine, everything might be happening at the level of my unconscious, but if we're going to communicate to other people, if we're going to have other people, like, know our thoughts, be aware of our thoughts, be aware of our feelings, our decisions, and all that stuff, then we have to be conscious of what's going on in their unconscious. We have to at some point, because that's the only way that other people can be aware in a sense. I mean, they can be aware, like, let's say with body language. I mean, you may not be aware of your body language, but that might communicate a certain kind of message to other people. There, There is, you know, other people can actually, you know, glean information from our unconscious. But to, to a great extent, and and generally, you know, communication, talking, um you know, communication in general requires consciousness, requires that, that we, you know, be conscious of what's going on in our unconscious so that we can express what's going on in the unconscious to other people and they can, you know, express um, their unconscious feelings, you know, and thoughts and decisions to us. And so that is the purpose of consciousness, communication. It's like, it's like so that, um, so that, you know, so that we have... You know, because I mean, if if we were just one person, if the world was comprised of just one person, then I, I don't s- suppose consciousness would be necessary. But since we are, you know, many many individuals, and we need to communicate for survival and for enjoyment and all that, you know, we need we need this consciousness. All right, so <laughs> we're like halfway through this, and like, and we did it. I mean, um, again, there may be other reasons why we have a consciousness, but Again, since since all of our decisions, feelings, thoughts, all that stuff is going on at the level of the unconscious, we really don't, you know, to my thinking, need consciousness except for communicating, except for interacting with other people or, or the world in general or whatever. All right. So, okay. That's hey. <laughs> I'm just I'm looking at my um my outline and I've covered it all and we've got like you know, about 11, 12 minutes left. So, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue into like, because like, like, I had four topics that I wanted to talk about today and I decided on three and I didn't include one of them, but the one that I didn't include is one that's been on my mind recently because it's like, you know, it's really surreal. It's a kind of like a surreal aspect of reality. So that's what I'm going to talk about for the next 11 minutes or so. And this, it's the idea that 
Okay, from a, I, I equate God with the universe. You know, the if if God is everything, then God is the universe. Okay, it's a simple, you know, syno- they're synonymous terms to me. Okay, so, so what happens is all right. We can see we can see our thoughts and feelings and all that stuff as operating. As, oh, no, no. All right, here, I'm, I'm going to segue into this. All right, now, as, as you recall, we, we just kind of like explored and explained why all of our decision-making, all our acts and all, occur at the level of the unconscious, right? Okay, now, and, and that refutes free will completely. Again, because like free will requires conscious control of what we're doing for it to be freely willed. If, if we're not consciously controlling it, it can't be freely willed. But there's another reason why uh, our unconscious decisions cannot be freely willed is because these unconscious processes are also subject to causality, the law of cause and effect, what I began with. That like, if, if we make a decision and it's made at the level of the unconscious, fine, then there's a reason for it or a cause. And there's a cause to that and a cause to that. And the best way of understanding causality that I can think of, because like a lot of times people get caught up is like, well, what is the cause? You know, maybe there's more than one cause and all. The way to, to explain causality where there's only one cause to any kind of act or decision you make is that the, the, the cause of, of your decision is the state of the universe at the moment prior to your decision. All right, now how does that work? Okay, go back to the Big Bang. The Big Bang is like empirically, scientifically, the um, the beginning of our universe. We, you know, presumably, you know, there was something before the Big Bang, but but we don't have any way to access that information. At least now, maybe eventually we will. But so, like, what happens is the first moment of the Big Bang gives rise to, causes completely the second moment. And we know that, you know, unequivocally, because the universe, if we're taking the universe its entirety, the, the state of the universe at the first moment is the only thing that can cause the state of the universe at the next moment. Naturally, we're also including, you know, the, the forces of nature, you know, the, the momentum created by the bang, the, the gravity, all, all, you know, whatever forces existed. So you have, all right... The, the the first moment of the Big Bang, you know, causes the second moment. The second moment uh, um, causes the third of the state of the universe. The third moment uh, of the universe causes the the universe at, at uh, the state of the universe at the fourth moment. All right, and if you've got basically what you have is the universe evolving moment by moment, you know, um, kind of like um, state by state. You know, it's a state by state evolution. And so, like, it leads up to the present. So, now, that's 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 taking the causality from the beginning and following it to um, to the present and then into the future, right? But you can do the same thing going back. So, any kind of decision that our unconscious makes, you know, has as its cause the state of the universe at the moment immediately preceding the decision, and the cause, the complete, most comprehensive, general cause of that state is the state of the universe at the moment preceding that. And what caused that? The state of the universe preceding that. So again, so you've got this causal regression this time, cause and effect regressing backward in time to at least the Big Bang. And so that tells you, that's another reason why, you know, 
free will is impossible. If you have everything that's happening right now, this, every decision you make, the complete, you know, result, causal result of what happened to the Big Bang, naturally, you know, it's not a free will decision. It's completely destined, fated, compelled. You know, it's, it's necessary. Okay, so how do we get to connect this? I want to connect this to God. All right, again, if, if like, if we define God as everything, then God is the Big Bang, okay? God is the universe, God is everything. So, what I'm trying to communicate is like, right now you're listening to me, right? And the thoughts, the thoughts that you're having while you're listening to me are also the result of this causal regression going back to the Big Bang. Um, basically, what we can say more more clearly is like that any thought that you have and decision you make is actually God kind of like telling you what what to think. You know, what I'm saying right now, God is telling me what to say. You know, nothing of what I'm saying is in any way up to me. I'm just like, again, we could see it causally through the Big Bang, but we can see it in terms of God. If God is the Big Bang, God is actually the, the causal force of everything that happens. All right, so the, the cool thing about that is God is everything. It's like, you know... If, if I'm talking and you're listening and you're having thoughts, it's God talking to God. In other words, God is all there is, okay? <laughs> and, I mean, one way I, I've done shows about this, I'm going to do more, because the reason I, I go through these religious kind of explanations is because, you know, 80% of people are religious. I mean, I was raised religiously. You know, I don't buy into stuff like, you know, um, you know God pulling a rib out of Adam, you know, the first man, and making a woman with it. I don't, I don't buy some of the mythology of religion, but, you know, the idea that, that everything is God makes sense to me, you know, because it's, it's just another way of describing the universe or reality. So, so I mean, that's the surrealistic part of, of, of reality. Everything is God. All is God. I mean, like, Everything, everything you're thinking, feeling, you're going to say, you're doing, what you did yesterday, everything that anyone else does and <laughs> feels, it's all God doing everything. And so naturally, you know, we're not, the, the, the important thing to, the, to remember is we're not the deciding part of God. In other words, let's say God is my body, okay? And, 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 um, and I'm my hand, okay? So my, my hand might pick this up, right? But my hand didn't decide to pick it up. It was like my brain or whatever. Ultimately, it's God with this, you know, unconscious causal thing. Anyhow, but so the idea is like we're all God. We're all a part of God. We're just not the part of God that decides anything. Or another way of saying it, because like we can actually really describe this whole free will thing as saying that God doesn't have a free will either in real time at the present moment. Because think about it, I mean, another way that we tend to define God is that God is omniscient. He knows everything, okay? And kind of makes sense that if you are everything, you have to know everything. That, that kind of makes sense to me. So, here's the thing. If God knew everything at the time of the Big Bang, He knew what this process of cause and effect would lead to moment by moment, you know, state of the universe by state of the universe, up to the present moment. So, He knew not only what, what everyone was, would be thinking, saying, feeling, doing in the present, he would presumably, ostensibly know what, what he was going to be doing you know, at the moment, whatever. So, so, so in other words, like, because God 
knew at the at the Big Bang what would happen, what he would be deciding to make me say, to make you hear and think and all and do at any given moment, you know, at this moment now, 13.7 billion years after the Big Bang, then we can't technically say that God has a free will in, in, in real time either. God's will is completely compelled by God at the time of the Big Bang as, as our will, okay? Which is an interesting, interesting thought. Okay, um, so, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's um, it amazes me, you know, it, it really is amazing, because, like, I think our world, you know, our world is, is, is in trouble with climate change. I mean, people don't want to look at it because it is, you know, we, we tend to be very, very kind of like present focused. You know, we don't think about the future much. And this is, you know, I mean, we had, we had um, Katrina in 2005. We had Irene a few years later. We just had Sandy. There was a, um, a tsunami that hit in Indonesia in 2004 that, that killed 400,000 people. You know, and again, it's going to get worse and worse. And one of the one of the reasons the show is very important is is that as our world gets more and more challenged with our future, decade by decade, you know, year by year, whatever, you know, people are going to tend to want to blame people. You know, we're going to blame, you know, industry, the the oil industry, and you know, to a certain extent, they are the cause of, of a lot of what's happening. But they don't have a free will either. So, what my point is, like, to the to the extent that our world understands that. The, that nothing is up to us, that everything's completely causal, completely determined by God, by the Big Bang, and that we're all God, we're all really a part of God, but just not really the, the part of God that decides anything. We can move into the future with much less acrimony, hostility, competition, blaming, aggression and all, you know, because that's, you know, we had, you know, People forget, you know, we had this world war in, in 19, around 1945, and then we had another world war in, you know, around 1918, 19 and all. And, um, you know, you would think, you would think that we'd, we'd evolved, um, you know, much more beyond there over the, these last decades, that we're much better people, and, you know, world war wouldn't be possible now. But I don't know. I mean, if you think about how we treat farm animals, how we absolutely torture them, and again, I'm not blaming us because we don't have a free will, but we we absolutely torture them. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. And we've doing, been doing this for like over a hundred years, and it's worse now than it's ever been. So, so that you know, that gives you pause to think that like whatever we can do to make our world more intelligent, sane, and peaceful is going to help us in the future. You know, it's going to help us avoid the mistakes we made. That the, you know, and, and then, you know, I'm going to, I got to do shows on this. Why would, why would God, you know, cause this stuff to happen? I mean, if, if God is all-powerful, the only power, why would God cause anything negative, harmful, hurtful, you know, to happen at all? Um, and I try to I try to explain this by saying, well, God made a mistake. I, I like to see God as good. I don't like to see God as evil, <laughs> you know. But anyway, we're running out of time, so I will see you next time on Exploring Illusion and Free Will. Thanks for watching.